From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Junior Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. And it's time now for our Spotlight. Spotlight. Come here, let me look at you. Spotlight, I want to keep doing For this segment, we have Tina Mahal, who's the Senior Vice President of Brand Marketing at PepsiCo Foods North America. Hello, Tina. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. We're so excited to have you because we always love what Pepsi does. And Pepsi has a really exciting uh, new campaign that I'd love to talk about and background for it and how, you know, how it started and what you're planning for it. So can you tell us a little bit about the brands you cover and, and your background here in this campaign? Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I cover a lot of different brands. I, I'm very fortunate to work on some pretty uh, fabulous brands, um, pretty iconic brands. So look after Lay's, Doritos, Cheetos, Ruffles, Fritos, Funyuns, a, a, a few other things. And then in addition to that, I get the distinct honor of working on some of our partnerships and specifically our sports partnerships, um, which is, I think, the campaign that we're going to talk about today, which is our Taste of Greatness campaign and our partnership with uh, FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. So, you know, that's an interesting thing. First, uh, everybody knows your brands are iconic. I mean, somebody doesn't know, turn the radio off. We're like, we're not interested. These are brands people know. Um, (laughs) So um, I am interested, though, in what, I mean, I think I have an idea, but I'm curious to hear it come out of your mouth, um, why the sports partnership programs are so important. Yeah, you know, I think um, I often, as a marketer, try to make sure that I think about myself as a consumer as well. Um, and if you think about what makes a sporting, watching a sport, a sporting event, fabulous, it's obviously the company you have, the sport that you're watching, the passion that you have for the sports, but it's also the sips and the bites that you have around you. It's the food that connects people. Um, It's that food that brings people together to watch these moments that they have so much passion for. So we are just such an integral part of key sporting uh, events. And so that's the reason why it's a very big, important initiative for us. But in addition to that, while we're part of the occasion, I think it also allows us to do some really great purpose activation um, sports is a wonderful way for kids to, for uh, kids obviously grow up on sports. Uh, there's so much passion in sports. There's a way for us to give back to communities uh, through sports. So, so it's for those two reasons that, um, that we, you know, we spend a lot of time and effort in this area. Excellent. Let me build on that point uh, that you just mentioned, Tina, because it's, it's fascinating to Barbara and I, because one of the things we talk about all the time is fit in the context of brands, product services, organizations reaching out to partners. Can you speak a little bit about how you define fit? Because it seems like sports, any sport can have some base or community that's passionate about it, that drives occasions to get together and watch that sport. So is any and all sports open to this potential partnership or are are there particular sports partnerships that fit better with kind of the Pepsi ethos, the Pepsi brand. Speak a little bit on that. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, 
Uh, we're obviously always looking for ways to engage with consumers and moments that matter. And, and there's a variety of sports that that would then fit. Um, I, you know, we look at, um, uh, we, we obviously like to do things at scale. We like to be on some of the biggest stages. Um, we've got brands that, um, that have the ability to be on some of the biggest stages. So we, we look at what are some of the biggest sporting platforms um, where we also know our occasions are incredibly strong as people watch uh, and engage with the sport. And so that's that's the first part of the fit. Um, but, you know, we're also looking for, um, you know, soccer is something that we just started to invest in over the last few years. And, you know, it's a massive sport. Um, it is at 4 billion uh, viewers around around the globe. Um, so it's one of those sports that we hadn't invested in a lot in the past, but we realized that it's a growing sport. It's becoming much more relevant in the U.S. It's much more relevant to our consumers, much more important. Um, so we're constantly looking for the up and rising sports as well, where it's become an important part um, of consumers' passions, in which case then our brands can play a role. And and speaking of this growing sport, so let's talk about specifics here. And you're looking at the women's um, sports now, women's soccer, right? So, uh, is, I mean, obviously that's growing too, but that's an interesting choice. I mean, sports historically has been so male, at least that's my impression, it's pretty mm. male oriented. Um, but there's some big names, big stars, big interest in women's sports. Yes. Soccer. So we, um, you know, this is where sometimes your life and your passion mixed with what you're able to do at work feels so amazing. Um, and I would say our focus over the past couple of years on investing in women's sports, this is the largest investment that we've made in women's sports with this with this uh, sponsorship that we've made with, with FIFA. Um, but we've started to build a history here on investing in women's sports. So one, I, as a mother of two little girls, pretty great way to put my my head on the pillow every day that I go to bed, uh, feeling like I'm doing something that is going to benefit women in sports, my kids. It's just a great responsibility um, and it's a great way to get back. But, um, you know, viewership has changed. Women um, are commanding a lot more attention in the sports space. Uh, it is the responsibility of brands like ours to make sure that we give them a voice and we help move that movement along. Um, you know, this sponsorship with FIFA is one of those ways that we're doing that. Uh, you've got some of the greatest athletes in the world that are in Australia and New Zealand as part of uh, as part of this tournament that are taking place in the it, it, taking taking part and participating in this you know once in every four year event um so it feels it feels really fabulous that we're supporting something that has become so important um and then you hear it from consumers as well um the the fo- people are watching women more the they've elevated in terms of their importance um they're demanding that uh, there is a quality in the sport and and we can help with that, which which is great. You know, this year, what we've done with Taste of Greatness and with our campaign is in addition to all the regular marketing stuff that you would expect, you know, a great TV campaign, we've got packaging, we've got all these wonderful things um, that you would consider traditional marketing. We've got a lot of purpose initiatives as well. So um, we've got a all in with Frito-Lay program. Um, this year we've partnered with the Women's Sports Foundation. We're giving $400,000 back to the Women's Sports Foundation. Girls drop out of sports at a much higher rate, um, than boys do. Um, and so this is a way for us to help support that foundation to make sure that girls stay in sports and they can reach the amazing levels like these women that are playing, uh, in Australia and in New Zealand. 
You know, it's it's funny that I have you as an expert here because I'm in my head, I'm writing my advertising campaign, my advertising lecture for my marketing 101 campaign. And we do this framework called the six M's. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's like mission. We talk about the mission of the campaign and you've just talked a lot about that and the target segments. And I mean, in some sense, your target segment, it's not just women, it's kind of everybody who doesn't like your brands. Um, and then when we go in the next four, so I'm, I'm just structuring this, if you don't mind, just because I'm trying to think of my lecture, yeah. I might use your example, because um, it's great. So then we, we get into the creative part of it, you know, and that's a little bit. So you have these lofty goals. It's a great opportunity. And now you're going to make a lot of creative decisions on how to exercise. And I watched your ad, so I know I, I know where I'm going. I know the end of this thing, but I'm curious how you got there. There's a lot of different things that you did in putting together this campaign. One of which is you link together a bunch of different brands in one campaign. I don't know. How, it seems like Pepsi's been doing that a lot. Like I know in the Super Bowl ad last year, you even linked your beverages and your snacks together. And now you're linking together a bunch of different brands in one ad, which is a little bit different from historic. And then you... Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the creative, but before you like tell us that and make our listeners go watch the ad because it's cute. It's really a nice ad. Um, how did you get there? How, you know, what, what are your six M's behind? You don't have to know what they are, but you know what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do we get there? So, um, you know, obviously in marketing, everything needs to start with a great consumer insight. Um, and as we thought about what we wanted to celebrate with women in sports, um, there's a few things that we, that we thought about. There's obviously the, just the passion and, um, um, being around the TV and watching these great sporting moments. Um, there's supporting women, you know, and we could have gone the creative route of this is about women and, and, um, uh, and and part of it is that, but but what we kind of look for, what are some great consumer insights on why people care, um, and where our products can authentically and credibly also play a role, and where we can, you know, authentically talk about our role in this viewing experience. So so those looking at those various insights that led us to just the fandom um, around uh, around soccer. Um, and specifically the rising fandom of women in soccer. You know, they become household names, a lot of these folks, Mia, Ham, you yeah, know, in particular, yeah. they're just they're just household names now. Um, and and athletes that a lot of people look up to, uh, girls and boys, you know, uh, men and women. And so we just took that insight of um fandom and wanting to pass on your fandom or your passion for your sport to you know, your loved ones so that they can also participate in this lovely moments of fandom. And so that's where the creative kind of started to take shape, which is a mom passing on to her daughter, why she loves watching women play sports because they're the best in the world. And it's her then using our products and our portfolio products, because usually it's, you know, not just one snack that ends up at a table when you're watching sports, it's your Tostitos, it's your Lay's, it's Whatever is the favorite of your kids that are in the house, you know, those are the things that are around the table. And I, it gotta, was, I just have to interrupt. I totally agree. In my house, we have bags of chips everywhere we go. So, so I, I love to hear that. <laughs> I love to hear that, Barbara. Um, so, you know, that was mom kind of taking what was around their table and what was part of their viewing experience and making their viewing experience enjoyable and using the chips to demonstrate to her daughter what makes this sport great. 
And then, you know, it turns her daughter into a fan as well, right? And it really then is about celebrating the fandom um, and leveraging our products to do that. Yeah, let me ask you, sorry, let me ask you a quick, quick question. I want to build on what Barbara's talking about here, Tina, because I love this. I love this point. The narrative that you just laid out is incredibly inspirational and it ties in very nicely the notion of the inside of fandom to, uh, to, to this kind of moment, if you will, of mother to daughter. And from a brand elevation perspective, that's quite remarkable and, and quite amazing. I want to also get your perspective on how you think about success for these types of things. So, you know, what are the KPIs that you look at? Is this purely like a brand elevation exercise or is there some kind of attempt to say, you know, we did this partnership and now we're looking at the consumer base and maybe, you know, you're able to sort of measure the effects of how the fandom piece actually bleeds over into the sales for the products. How, how does this work? Or is it just something that is meant to be sort of just an inspirational kind of thing? What are these KPIs that you look at and how do you define success? Yeah, you know, the KPIs... um, uh, there, there's a number of important ones, right? Like two to three that are essential when um, when you're doing campaigns like this. I mean, obviously, one of the first things we want to do is have something, um, have a campaign like this remind people to bring snacks to their viewing experience because it'll enhance their view experience. So obviously, we're make, we want to make sure that the campaign drives occasions and drives growth. Um, and, you know, any good marketer, that's part of what your job is, is to make sure you're tapping into the passions of folks in a credible, authentic way. Like it's not, you know, and because we're part of the moment, it really is about reminding consumers to make sure that their favorite snacks are part of this important occasion. And then, you know, the other KPIs that are insanely important, which is why the campaign is not just a TV ad, right? Why it's expansive is um, what can you also give back to this thing that you're talking about? What is the purpose element of it? Um, How can you do, how can your brands how can you showcase to your consumers? And also it's just a corporate responsibility to say the brands are doing better by participating in these moments, by participating in these sports partnerships, um, which is why a lot of our big campaigns have both of those elements to it. And both of those are very important KPIs. Okay. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with America's Reed. This is Marketing Matters. And we're joined by Tina Mahal, who's the Senior Vice President of Brand Marketing at PepsiCo Foods North America. And she's talking about the new campaign that they have, uh, that they're joint doing or collaborating with women's soccer um, and the women's sports foundation and some of the important KPIs behind this campaign. I wanted to take that measurement idea in another direction. And then we can go back to this because I'm curious how much you do this. I know that when I talk to some of these other marketers that they're using a lot of tech and eye tracking and things like that to measure point by point by point in these ads, what attention is and things like that. And they're editing these ads because you don't have very much time in an ad nowadays to really get attention and to get your message across. And I was wondering if you're going on instincts or if you're using this kind of technology to measure the effectiveness of these ads. Yeah. You know, um, I've been in marketing for a long time. Um, So it's been like Two dec over two decades. So, um, and what I've what I've learned is um, anything great is art and science, right? And I think you know, I know that's um, easy to say, but it's so true after spending so many years in marketing. So, the um, the insight part that I talked about before, a great campaign needs to start with an actual insight, etc. That's probably one of the most important pieces of developing a campaign, developing an ad. 
And then making sure that insight is coming through in a compelling way is where I think you can add some science to it, right? Is the story engaging? Are people actually understanding the insight? Is it being strung along in a story that is um, uh, easy to understand um, and persuasive? And that's where, you know, we use, um, like a lot of different uh, marketing companies out there, use some testing to do that. But it's a mix of gut, do you have the right insight? Are you really talking to consumers in a way that will really matter? And then making sure that you're using the right testing um, to deliver it in a way that is actually going to be engaging to consumers. So it really is both. Um, I think, so yeah, I think it's both. It's got to be a bit of art and science. So, you know, that reminds me just talking about this campaign and and the success of the campaign, the mission, if I'm going back to my M's, no, (laughs) I'm also wondering, like, is I'm assuming this is a 360 degree campaign and that you have lots of other avenues about it there, you know, I don't know how you're supporting this in store, um, social media, I mean, I know we don't have all day, but if you can just, I'm sure it's pretty complicated, but I assume you have an in-store retail support for it. Um, and maybe you have social media, maybe you're using influencers. I'd stay away from controversy. That's just my expert advice here. <laughs> um, um, what, what do you think about all of that? Yeah, you know, so this um, this is definitely one of the programs where it is that we have that is 360. Um, you noted this before, Barbara, it involves a lot of our different brands. It's about our portfolio coming together because it's our portfolio that um, of brands that show up in these moments. And so that's how our 360 program has been um, created. So we've got what I would call some of your traditional things like TV and some of the things you would expect from a campaign. Um, you know, we, we've we uh, done some things for our packaging to make sure that the packaging stands out in store um, so that people understand that we've got this program going on. Um, you know, PepsiCo being, and Frito-Lay specifically being a DSD direct-to-store um, organization, we do have displays that our, our sales folks are out there building uh, in stores so that, again, we, the message of the campaign is coming through both when you're at home, maybe watching on TV, but also then when you get uh, get to store. Um, and then we do have a big social component um, as well. You know, we've got a program um, uh, with Lays right now where if there's a goal scored in the game, um, we're offering some tickets to people to be able to go to Australia and New Zealand. Um, I saw and that. That's final. very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is which is amazing. And then after we get to a certain point, because, you know, it takes two days from here to get to Australia. So after we get to a certain point, um, we're offering consumers uh, via social um uh, uh, money, five, you know, $5,000 or so to, to be able to, if there's a goal scored. Um, and then, you know, we're also partnering with, uh, with an agency, Copa 90, they're focused on soccer specifically. So that is their expertise. Oh, wow. And, um, and they're, they're a great agency to work with. They've, uh, helped us learn a lot as we're investing more in this sport. And um, we're doing some really fun things on social. You know, we've got someone that's basically going to every single game um, and uh, recording what that experience is like um, and recording what the energy is like record. And so, you know, seeing that on social really our, our initial objective, as I said, the, the KPI was fandom, right. And just the, the magic of the fandom around the sport and specifically for women. And so on social, you want to make sure that that's coming across and so that partnership with Copa and what we're doing there will really help to uh, highlight what that fandom looks like. Awesome. I, by the way, uh, Tina, in, in case you ever need someone to go to the World Cup games, <laughs> I'm available. I'm, and uh, I'm, yeah, so 
just want to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, wanna, I actually want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to step back to because Barbara mentioned something that's pretty interesting uh, and a little bit tricky as well. The notion that you're developing purpose-driven marketing. I just want to get your take on this because I think I think we would be remiss if we didn't comment on the fact that uh, recently there's been some brands that have gotten in trouble with respect to pr- positioning themselves in particular types of ways. I just want to get your pr- Bud Light, right? Now, I'm not, we're not, we're not going to mention any of these brands, uh, but I just want to get your perspective on this, Tina, as a marketer, as someone who is clearly committed to purpose-driven, uh, purpose-driven marketing within the context of your particular br- portfolio of brands. What's the position with respect to, how do you see this world of, you know, how sometimes, sometimes when brands get into trouble, and the types of reactions that consumers might have when your brands are trying to position themselves along a purpose-driven sort of uh, frontier. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I I can speak um, according to PepsiCo and what our philosophy is and and the way we operate. We... um, we will constantly look for ways to to obviously um, reach consumers in meaningful ways and to um, in ways that are authentic and help us one grow the business but also do good for consumers. Um, and we've got longstanding platforms that we've engaged in um, that that we remain committed to. And so I think that is one understanding your consumers and the best way to reach them is uh, really important. Um, and then I think the second thing is um, just, you know, we we have platforms that we have committed to that we've been very public uh, about. You know, we we have a racial equality uh, journey um, platform that we started in in 2020 or uh, it might have even been the year before that um, where we're investing, you know, uh, millions of dollars to make sure that we really change what racial equality looks like or help to change what racial equality looks like. Uh, in this country, um, we've got programs like Doritos Solid Black, which builds on that, right? Which is um, which is a platform now, a multi-year platform. It started in 2020, and we've had it going for three three years now. And there's no plan to stop that. We've invested about four million dollars in in um, making sure that there's uh, a stage and a platform for Black voices, um, and that they're able to give back to their communities and to elevate the community. So, you know, we will remain committed to the 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 um the purpose and the causes that we have you know put out there in the public and that's not going to change for for PepsiCo. Interesting. So let me ask you another topical question, but changing Americas, did you have a follow-up or I've no and I did I just I love this perspective. Tina's very interesting laying this out and saying because what you said is really critical. I think that's a big takeaway for all of this is the commitment, the authenticity and the the persistence to be able to pursue these very important purpose-driven marketing pr- perspectives and to make sure that that's, a, that that's basically a very strong ethos of the company. Yeah. So just talking about trendy topics, like that's one of the things where you're an expert. We love to get as much out of you as we possibly can, you know? So I'm curious, like you talked about your 360 campaign, you talked about purpose, you talked about the mission of this campaign. The other thing that we're getting challenged as is marketing professionals, professionals here is AI and tech and web three and all of that stuff. So as one of the leaders in the, in the, in the world on brand marketing, how are you incorporating all of those things? Yeah. You know, it's, um, 
it's interesting when you work at an organization where you've got these long standing almost institutions, right? These brands that have been part of people's lives for such a long time. Um, but then you have to stay current also with what's happening in the world and how the world is adjusting, et cetera. I mean, the, the approach that we take is, um, to be experimental. You know, we will continue to look at rising trends um, like Web3, like AI. Um, and it's important to, to learn, to be experimental, to know where you need stronger foundation before there's lots of investment and a lot of work being done. So that that's kind of the, the stance that we take. We are constantly looking at those things. Um, we have to, where it's, a res- again, the responsibility of marketers to make sure that they're on top of um all of these changing dynamics in in the world of of absorbing content or being part of co- content, um, so we we continue to experiment with it and we continue to look at these platforms. Well, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about sports, this whole gaming initiative is pretty big. You know, we we understand a lot of Gen Alpha spent all of the pandemic, you know, on Roblox or something. Um, do you have any partnerships with any of those platforms explicitly? Because I could see this campaign could kind of like work into that pretty nicely. Yeah, you know, so um, I love that, Barbara. We're going to have to like bring you on board. You're going to have to... You're going to have to help us with where we can take some of these campaigns. But, yeah, you know, we do have a history of of um, uh, working with some gaming platforms. So, you know, Doritos uh, has done some things over the years. Uh, and and again, I think the key is understanding where your consumer is going, where they're engaging and where you can play authentically. Honestly, like that is um, do you have a role to play there um, in the gaming world? And so we've done things in the past, um, you know, no, nothing that I can speak of right now at the moment, um, but <laughs> potentially things potentially things in the future um, because it'll be driven by our consumers. Well, I mean, we're just about out of time. Uh, so thank you so much, Tina, for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to find out more information about you and everything that's going on with this campaign? You can find out more information about the campaign by um, going to our website, the Frito-Lay.com website. Um, you can also go to Women's Sports Foundation and look at Frito-Lay All In. Um, go to YouTube and look at our <laughs> and look at our um, ad and learn more about what we're doing there. Um, check out some of our brands that al- are also... Um, um, on our social platforms that are talking about the campaign, specifically Lays and us giving away some of these trips. So those are a variety of ways of, of doing that. And and finding out more about me, I uh, I mean, I guess you can Google me and go or go to LinkedIn. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Tina. Thank you. Um, that's all we have time for today. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, and we replay our show several times throughout the week. 